0: Salt and Rock would like to thank one of our friends, SGR Photography. You can reach out to SGR Photography at SGR Photo Co. on Instagram. My wife and I just had family photos done, and SGR does a great job. Give Stephanie a call, and she'll hook you up. Welcome
1: back to Salt and Rock. Last week we uh, started talking about three friends that David has that every man should have. Last week we had uh, Nathan. This week we're going to talk about Jonathan. Jonathan enters the scene around Samuel thirteen two as one of Saul's leaders. He's leading about a thousand men. Saul's got two thousand men, and you know Saul's his dad. So uh, at that time David was still out tending sheep, hadn't killed a Goliath yet, and doing a little Bible context reading. Uh, Jonathan was about 28 and
0: David was about 18. So 10 years difference. Gotcha. 10 year age difference, which is a big time, you know, 18 to 28. That's, that's not the same as like 40 to 50. Nope. That's, that's an impressionable age. 18. I think you have a big gap there. 18. You're still looking for a father figure, (laughs) right? You know, right. We have to remember that David comes from, um, a, a weird family situation and, and his brother's Kind of talk down to him all the time, but Jonathan has already at twenty eight made a name for himself. he is you know he's he's a good leader, he's got a third of the army, right I mean we talk about oh he had a thousand men, he's got a third of the entire army of the nation, right which is which is really big, so I mean
1: because three thousand people came out or the, the multitudes came out and and Saul took two thousand. Jonathan took a thousand and then they sent the rest of them home. So they only kept 3,000 men. <laughs> right.
0: Saul was in war. Yes. Constantly. Right. Um, as you go through. Always a battle. As you go through 1 Samuel, it's. And the Israelites were at war with the uh, Amalekites. And then they were. Every name in the Bible yeah, like was all over with them. Anybody that wasn't Jewish, they were fighting. So um, the fact that, they, that he was in control of a third of the army is a big deal. Then when you go into 13 and 14, you see King Saul do something that really robs Jonathan. That is, he gets ready to go into a battle, and Samuel's nowhere around. He gives a sacrifice to the Lord, right? and he's not ordained to do that. So when Samuel shows up, Samuel tells Saul that he's done a foolish thing, and now his kingdom will not endure. And so realistically, I think when you look at Samuel thirteen two, you see that Jonathan is set up. To be the next king. To be the next king. To yes. secede his father. right? To step in. And then 12 verses later, you see Saul lose his mind mm-hmm. and ruin that for him. Right. So that becomes an integral part in this relationship because Jonathan is set up to be the king, and there's no reason he shouldn't be. Then we go into 1 Samuel 14, um, and it shows some more of Jonathan's um, strength, ability okay. as, a, as a warrior. He listens to God, and he goes... Um, through this path with rocks on both sides, he looks at his armor bearer as they're walking alone, and he says, if they mock us and say that they're going to come down to us, we'll wait for them. Yeah. And if they say, come up here, then we'll know God's delivered them into our hands. And so they do. They, they're walking, and, and the Philistines see him, and they say, oh, look at these, look at these two coming out of their ho- their holes, coming out of hiding. Uh, come up here, and we'll teach you a lesson. Yeah, and and then he and his armor bear uh, say, "Okay, well, that's God's sign. Let's and, go up." And then they they defeat twenty Philistines alone. Right. Uh, so it shows that he's a warrior. That he's a warrior, <laughs> and that he listens to God, right. which is important. So then, shortly after that, they head back to camp. While he was gone, Saul issued this decree that as their as they fight, they're all gonna fast for the day. They walk into the woods, they see honey laying on the ground. Jonathan dips his weapon into it, takes a bite of it, and then the guys work fighting next to him, say, Oh, you've broken broken the order of Saul. We're cursed. Yeah. So then Jonathan says, Well, that was a, a silly order. Look how good I look after eating compared to how tired you guys are. If we all would have eaten, we would have fought even better. Right. Then he gets before Saul and Saul says, well, yeah, I did say that you're cursed if you eat, so I've got to put you to death. And luckily for him, the priest stand in and say, No, 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 we're not gonna do that. So he's protected there, but we see early on where Saul fits into this. He's hot headed, he makes rash rash decisions, yeah, and he's not waiting for answers. No. So um that becomes like another cog in this whole situation because Jonathan knows my dad's a little nuts. He stands up for him. He does. He's a good son. He is a little nuts. <laughs> but yeah, when you look at it, you see all these things that Saul, <laughs> uh, even before, like this is still where Saul is um, being blessed by the Lord. He's he's received that, you know, that was foolish and you're going to get in trouble mm-hmm. for this. But the Lord's spirit hasn't departed from him yet. Right. A lot of, lot of backstory there, but that sets us up for the first Jonathan and David encounter.
1: So Jonathan has met with David. I mean,
0: David has gone out and killed Goliath,
1: Right. Right. Came up, threw a stone, hit him in the forehead, went and chopped off his head. Takes the head to King Saul to say, "Here you go. This is what I did right. with the work of the Lord. You know, with the Lord's help." And all of a sudden, Jonathan hears him talking, and their souls are united, as the Bible says. You right. know, I mean, they at that point in their life, their their relationship, eighteen and twenty eight. You got Jonathan who is saying, you know, whatever this guy is saying is is so. I'm so attuned to him. I want to be a guy. I want to be a friend of his. Right. You know, I want to be his friend. Right. And so I, I see that as he, Jonathan, loved David, you know? Right. And, and, and in a great manly way. Like, I love you, man.
0: Right. <laughs> the, uh, the negative side of the English language is that we have one word for love. Yeah. When you go back into Greek and in Hebrew, you have multiple words for love. In the 90s, we talked about phileu and agape. Right. Being different. In this scripture... When it says that David and Jonathan became one in spirit, um, it actually, there's a word, kashar, in Hebrew, means to knit. Their souls were knitted together. Several other places that the same word is used. It uh, means to bind, to tie together. Um, the hand of Zerah had a scarlet thread knitted to it. Rahab had a piece of scarlet tied to her window. Um, the same verb is used to describe how God's words are knitted on the forehand foreheads and the hands of Israel. So if you look at it that way, it's when it's applied in this way, it's it's the love that ties two people together, which doesn't have to be what we would think of as man and wife. Right. It you know, it could be a brother and a brother, it could be a father and a son. It's intimacy. It could be two really right. good friends. Right. Which is not an American thought. Not at all. We don't well it's not a, a common thought. It's not a post World War I thought, right? Because right? it's, um, you know, pre twenties. It was, it was more accepted for two men to be really, really close. So this expression "kashar" uh, means that Jonathan loved David as himself. You know, you were cut from the same cloth would probably be the closest right. thing that we have nowadays to talk about it. But it's you're the it's, you're the same same person, same belief, same idea. I will stand behind you. We said last week ride or die. This is probably the true ride or die. Right. Um I would agree with that. I think Nathan, if you look at the Nathan relationship, he's an ally in that he held David accountable. Yeah. Whereas uh Jonathan loved David unconditionally. Unconditionally. Um,
1: Knowing, you know, where David
0: is and you know what's going on in David's life. Right. So we're one in spirit. They are covenant brothers. And then Jonathan gives David his his armor. He does. Which says, you deserve to be king. Right. I'm giving you everything that I have. Everything. Knowing that I'm the heir to the throne, I'm giving you my robe, my armor, my my weapons, and my rights. Yeah. So Jonathan, even though Saul was told... That his kingdom won't won't go on, right? Jonathan still would have had that rightful claim to the throne, and now he's saying, "But I'm giving it to you." Exactly. So, which is which <laughs> mirrors what God's done. One hundred percent. One of the things that Saul had said in killing Goliath is that uh, the person that would that could kill the giant would receive Saul's daughter, would right. would be married to Saul's daughter. Um, and He offered a daughter to David. David declined. Saul found out that another daughter was actually in love with David. And I didn't write her name down. Hmm. He offers that daughter to David and David says, I, I'm i a nobody. Yeah, I'm, Nobody knows who I am. I'm not important. And so I wrote, I'm just a poor boy from a poor family. <laughs> vada, voosh, vada voosh, Now we do the fandango, right? <laughs> so um, yeah, you have to make sure that you say some of that wrong so that they don't come after us. But yeah, I so, would always say it wrong. so, right, so <laughs> That's not a problem there. So yeah, verse 23, he says, I'm, I'm a nobody. Right. I don't have any money. Why should I have your daughter? Don't come from a big family if it will make you happy, and if it will prove that I'm that I'm your loyal servant, then I'll do it. Yeah, which is a big big thing for David. Um, it doesn't really involve Jonathan a lot, but it does. It does make him Jonathan's brother-in-law, right? So yeah.
1: Um, One of the things that I was hitting on was that you know during that time, Jonathan with pulling off his armor and giving it to him and things like that. He Jonathan never shows a hint of jealousy towards David. Right. You know, it's his two friends that are now in the army together. They're in the military together and he doesn't show any jealousy of him. It doesn't show any resentment towards him. I mean, he's really just, you know, he knows that God has his hand on his friend. Right. You know, right. He knows this. I mean, because he's involved with Samuel and Saul and everything that's going on. Jonathan's right there in the mix of all of it. Right. And he
0: knows that God has got his hand on David. Right. And later he actually tells him, he says, look, I, you're going to be king, mm-hmm. and I want to help you get there. Then Saul marries David to his daughter, and so happily ever after, right? King right. Saul loves King David, or loves future King David and no jealousy at all because Saul's such and, a level-headed king. No jealousy. Saul
1: has no jealousy of David at all <laughs> until, <laughs> until he does. Well, I know that he comes back from battle, and all the women are singing, Saul's killed his thousands, but David's killed his tens of thousands. Right. I think that kind of pisses him off a little bit. I would imagine. <laughs> I kill
0: 10,000s. He's my follower. Right. I, I put him in the position that he's in. Those yeah. are my kills. So he builds up some jealousy. Right. And that's that's kind of Saul's story. Very um, sensitive um, emotionally. We read a book in a, in a small group a while back called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yep. Saul would be on the low scale of emotionally healthy spirituality he
1: is not emotionally healthy spiritual
0: yeah. um at some point in here and i think it's right around this time he gets into it with samuel samuel says the lord's departed from you right do what you want to you do you don't have his with, you don't, don't have his favor he's anything. not listening right. to you and then the priest says i'm not coming to see you again he says sorry yeah the lord's not listening to you and it doesn't matter i'm just wasting my time and it's just lip service if i come back in here for you which you know we talked several weeks ago about old testament new testament god boy i'm glad we're living in the new testament i'll take the new testament but um <laughs> uh, but yeah so the spirit of the lord departs from saul and then he's he's tormented has an evil spirit upon him um the 10,000 kills um, really gets to him and it, so he he decides that he's going to kill David. Yep. So at so this point him. <laughs> at this point David's still playing the lute for him. Right. Right. Um you know we talked last week about David was a, a singer-songwriter, you know, mm-hmm. he right. living in Nashville. Right. Writing songs in Nashville. Right, songs. He's singing songs for him because it at one point it was the only thing that could soothe the spirit. Um at this point he realizes that it nothing's going to soothe the spirit cuz yep. the, the Lord's a part of him. So yeah. Throws a spear at him, misses him a couple times. Right, you David runs off. You know, and Jonathan is, approaches his dad and says, "Why are you trying to kill David?" Right, and reminds him, "Hey, look, he killed <laughs> he's, Goliath he's for a you. Warrior. He's won this war for, or this battle for you. This battle for you. This battle for you." You know, goes to bat. So. Exactly.
1: So he goes in to defend David's honor as a good friend would do. Right. You know.
0: And so let's, let's take a step back from that, because you got to remember, Jonathan ate some honey. Right. And his dad was going to kill him. And so Jonathan walks into the courtroom and says, there. what are you doing? I'm calling you out on this. What, yeah. This guy's been a I mean, great guy for you. Yeah. If my dad was kind of crazy and almost killed me for having a little snack <laughs> after killing 20 guys. Right. I mean, how many verses back was that? That was you know, 20 verses prior. I killed 20 people alone and I eat some honey and my dad's going to kill me for it. There's no way. I'm walking in and saying, "Why'd you throw a spear at my bro?" Right. <laughs> no. It's not going to happen. Cuz he's going to try to throw a spear at you. Right. <laughs> he's already tried to kill me once and he's I'm gonna his try own to do son. It again. Like I didn't even do anything wrong then. Nope. So so that's that's a big thing.
1: Right. So they set up a uh, David and John. Jonathan set up this signal thing that, you know, it's good, you can come out of your hiding spot. Um, I'll give you the signal. If not, then you need to run. Right. Right. Which is weird. They could have just had this
0: conversation anyhow, because they end up having the conversation
1: in face-to-face anyhow. But that's the second
0: time, though. Yeah? The first time Saul tries to kill him, yeah, chapter 19, one through nine, Jonathan goes in, and Saul promises not to touch a hair on his head. Oh, yeah. That's right. And then shortly thereafter, (laughs) changes his mind, (laughs) throws a spear at him again. Right. I mean, it's a good thing that this guy's not, like, Olympic javelin thrower because he's missed him several times. He's just times. killing walls. He's missed him <laughs> several times. Like, the uh, the renovation budget for the king's castle here has got to be high. Uh, but then, yeah, so after that, David has to flee again. Um, Jonathan actually goes out of his way to find David mm-hmm. um, and tells him, hey— you know, he promised me that he wouldn't touch hair on your head. But I, I don't think that he—I don't think that he wants to kill you. I think you're mistaken. And David says, "I wouldn't lie to you."
1: No, I—I I think he wants to kill me. And so he <laughs> says,
0: "Well, well." And so that's—that's that's when they work out this um, signal, you know, signal, yeah, archery. Uh, you know, if I miss long, he's going to kill you. If I miss to the side, you're safe to come back. And so you know, he misses long, and I think that Jonathan at this point knows, in my heart, I may never see you again. Exactly. So and they weep. So he sends he sends the the servant back in, and he says, you know, I'm sorry. I will always support you. He renews his covenant with him. Right. He says, you know, I I still will do everything in my power to to get you in the king spot because that's where you're supposed to be. Right. We're brothers. Yeah. We're covenant brothers.
1: Is that the same uh, scripture right after that that they they cry together and it says David wept
0: harder. <laughs> yeah. Um. Somewhere around verse 31. So that's good. I mean, they cried together. Right. You know? Which is, I think that's indicative of right. this kind of that relationship of is very, very uncommon right. today. Um, yeah. Because as as men, we, we're we not supposed to cry.
1: It's okay to cry
0: though. Right. And that's that's becoming more acceptable. I don't mind crying like a man. Right. I didn't used to be that way. I'm getting that way though. Yeah. So I don't mind it. Yeah. For me, it was kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. But just kind of like the pivotal point of my life. Um, either right before I had kids thinking about how my life was gonna change or the first time I looked into my daughter's eyes, you realize it's not it's not just me I'm responsible for. Right. You know, even when I got married, um, I cried the day of my wedding, not my wife. Yeah. Even then it was a I know that my charge is to take care of her. That was hard you know, not hard, but that was an an important part of my life. But it didn't really even compare right to kids. Because they're and my def-
1: kids are twenty one and twenty five and I right. still shed tears over them man right.
0: I, I, you kids they, right. I love them right, so <laughs> as much as I love myself, right, like Jonathan and david right <laughs> so um so yeah that's a that's a big thing they they cry, David cries more, and then they go on their way, they do, so they separate luckily that's not the only time that's not the end of it. three chapters later, which is um in King Saul's time, it's probably nine wars. Right. Three chapters, nine wars, three wars per chapter. That's about right. It's kind of how That's the math works. <laughs> kind of how the math works. That's not factual. Don't, don't email don't us about that, that one. one. Yeah. Um, anyway, in, in chapter 23, Jonathan comes back, finds David hiding, Right, simply to say, I have faith in you. Don't give up on this. Stick around. Stay the course. <laughs> Stay the course. Because at that point, I think it had been so long that Jonathan could sense in his spirit, David was at the point that he was like, Man, is this is this gonna work? And I could be complete, I could completely have missed that. But that's kind of what I think. I don't think you missed it. I think that's where David was at. I think it was uh <sighs> I miss God. Right you know and and you see that in David later in his life because he he's constant like he feels like he's missed something and he cries out weeps to God and says you know what have i done why why have i been forsaken what have i done that, that you're not paying attention or you know whatever all the psalms are written during this this whole
1: string of chronological events that are going on I and mean, he's writing all these songs right. of, of
0: agony agony right so um, so then he comes to encourage him in twenty three.
1: The next thing happens is that Saul and Jonathan they both die. You know they're they're done. So David is now going to be anointed king, right? Um, after the death of all of Saul's lineage, except for Mephibosheth.
0: So, right. Um, Saul kills himself. Yep. Uh, because he sees that he's going to be overran by Philistines. Right. He, he asked his uh, his armor, armor bearer. bearer to kill him. He said nope. And yeah. so. He killed himself. This is a an interesting thing. We kind of skipped over it a little bit, but there's several times where David has the opportunity to kill Saul. Yeah, and he says, "He's I'm not killing him. He's been anointed by God. Right? Why would I kill that guy? Even though God's not with him, yep. he's been anointed by God. Like in the cave, right? Yeah, I mean, he take, cuts a piece of his robe off, off. Yeah. Uh, walks <laughs> up and takes a spear and his water jug while they're asleep right. in the field. You know, there's at least two times that are noted. And so when the young Philistine runs and To tell David that Saul's dead, cries. Well, he he weeps, then he kills the Philistine. Right. Why? Because Saul fell on a sword, but the Philistine picked the sword up and cut his head off. Oh, yeah. And so he said, You killed the anointed. But he was going to die anyway. (laughs) He was going to die anyway. (laughs) But you killed him. So it speaks to to David's character. He says, Nobody's going to lay a finger on God's anointed. Right. Even if God is done with it, there's still work to be done. Right. So um at that point then David becomes
1: king and then years later David's like find somebody from Saul's lineage who's still alive and they say well Mephibosheth is and so he brings Mephibosheth to him and says right. here's your here's here's your inheritance here's here's your everything you will be eating at my table for the rest of your life and all of the all of your family is now my family I mean he took all that on so he brought him
0: into his family Right he did uh so he does show Mephibosheth um kindness and and yeah. welcomes him into the in the house and restores him to what to his what right was jonathan right yeah um which is proof of that pact that they had made continuation of right friendship pact, um and that's i'm watching a show right now um it's about a post epidemic world 30 years from now right um and they have time travel and so this guy is time traveling back to try to help find patient zero, whatever, uh, trying to stop the plague, the epidemic before it, or the pandemic before it happened. So anyway, in this, uh, in, in modern time, there are groups of marauders and they steal from the little clumps of people that didn't die off. They go in and they, you know, rob from them. Some of the, some of the people are um, less friendly, than others, And so I just watched an episode where this leader of this group of marauders is incredibly ruthless, and he forces all of the guys that serve under him to kill anyone they rob from. And his argument is, if you kill everybody, you're not leaving an enemy or leaving someone to become an enemy. Seeing where David comes from, it's an easy way to lean that direction and say, where's all Saul's family? Right. Because somebody's going to be mad that I took the throne from Jonathan, and
1: and that uh, time period—that's what you would expect. Right. You would kill lineage, so nobody right. can nobody from that family can
0: come back and take right. your throne from you. Yeah, that's the
1: or attempt to take your throne. I mean, from
0: that's you. the human human way. Right, that's the way we think about stuff is that well, you know, let's just uh, stop this from happening. Yeah, can't get me. And and a lot of times in the Bible, you see that that the remnant of somebody comes back, and you know. Wrath is poured out by God because somebody was left alive. Right. Um, that's uh, and we we didn't cover it, but there was there's a chapter where Saul goes in and loses God's favor. The final thing where he loses God's favor, um, Samuel tells him to go in and eradicate an entire town, and he doesn't. Yeah, he brings the king back in chains, and mm-hmm. um, they keep all the fatted cows, and I. Maybe some of the women, but I, that could be wrong. But he was supposed to kill every but everything. But everything was, was supposed, supposed to, be to have been killed yeah. because that was God's wrath, and that's what he told him to do. And he said, when he was questioned about it, he goes, well, brought him back to sacrifice to you, which is a message in itself that obedience is better than sacrifice. Right. Take that to heart. The common thing, people uh, would el- eradicate line- lineages of... Former rulers and enemies, just to keep keep any drama down. So, the fact that David honored um, that friendship with with Jonathan, um, even after after Jonathan was gone, shows how good of a friend Jonathan was. Exactly, uh, because it's I think it, if it was one of those things where Jonathan went in and told David, "Hey, keep your head up, kid," and then went back and said, "Hey, Daddy's over here." Right. Come get him. Yeah. Then yeah. you know. No, but
1: he was a protector of David. Right. You know, he protected him.
0: Like a good friend should. Right. So uh, if Nathan is our accountable friend, if Nathan holds us accountable, then Jonathan lifts us up, right? He lifts us up. Um, he's the one that will have our back when we're in, in our darkest corner, and he's the one that will be there regardless of what happens. Yeah. Um, and will give up his own. For his buddy. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, men need other men to love them, to lead them, and protect them. I mean, it's just... A, it's. We all need that. We all need that that in our lives, you know? Right.
0: And the only way you receive that is if you do that. Right. If you want to have an ally like this, Mm -hmm. you have to be an ally like this. You have to be the ally like this. You know, if you want a Jonathan, you need to be a Jonathan.
1: We all seek out men as buddies, but how often do we seek out relationships? Right. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference. I mean, I, I can seek out buddies to go have a beer with. Or I can seek out buddies to go play cornhole with, but how many friends do you have? How many relationships do you
0: have? You know, right. accountable relationships. Who are you going to call when you need to tell something? Right. So, and that's that's the thing is that you have to you have to seek those relationships out and you have yeah. to cultivate them. Yep. Thanks for joining us this week on Salt and Rock. We really hope that you enjoyed the material that we brought for you today. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe.